This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. some reading I've read a lot of Batman in trade Bad trades Bad trades I know I'm gonna love because the podcast that I trust reviews It's bad books for beginners that I listen to The podcast talks of Batman They break down every book, it's insane Bad trades Bad trades just might be good or bad I read the best I ever have for true Thanks, Bat Books for Beginners you should listen to. Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 210. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Time and the Batman. So, Chris, tell us about this book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, uh, let me see if I can place it. These Days, I think is the oh. – was that the – that's that's the tune, right? Help yep. me out with that. Yep. It's, um, it's a, a song that was written by Jackson Brown, but wow. the version that I did was from Nico, who was part of Andy Warhol's, you know, Velvet Underground group, you know, back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. She, she uh, has a very low voice, so I was kind of doing her voice. It's a beautiful song. And if you've seen the Royal Tenenbaums movie, it's in that movie. So that's, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because, yeah, that, that's one of those tunes where I know I've it's been in my consciousness. I know yeah, I've heard yeah. that, but I, I just could not, you know, place that or identify uh, the title or the artist. But I go, yeah, I, I, I've heard that song before. Wow, that was a that was a really well done job, Jerry. Oh, thank you very much, Chris. Well, thank you very much, Bat fans, for spending some of your day with us today. Once more, we put away Batman number one hundred eighty eight from our summer <laughs> reading list, and today we're going to be looking at Batman Time and the Batman. This is a one hundred twenty eight page full color soft cover trade paperback that was published in February two thousand twelve and had an original cover price of fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents u s and this appears to have gone through several printings a hardcover version of this trade also exists, which was published in March 2011, and it had the same page count, but that had a cover price of $19.99. This trade paperback reprints Batman issue numbers 700 through 703, which were originally cover dated August 2010 through November 2010. Those issues each had a cover price of $2.99, except for issue number 700, which was $4.99 had a slightly higher page count, and the cover art was done by David Finch, and there was also a variant cover done by Mike Mignola. If you wish to obtain a hard copy, tangible version of these stories, the individual back issues appear to be well, well over cover price. Hmm. However, copies of the trade paperback go for a few dollars less than the cover price from online vendors. And cheaper still, a digital version can be had on Comixology for only $5.99 at the time of this recording, and it's presumed this can be found on DC's own app. For our creative teams, as per usual, I'll go off the online resources and my memory. 
Batman was created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. One writer we had on this was Grant Morrison, who we've mentioned on our podcast before. Morrison was born on January 31st, 1960, making him 59 years old. His early comic works include the UK series 2000 AD. I first encountered his work in the late 1980s on the title Animal Man, which I highly recommend if you're not familiar with it. Other credits include Doom Patrol, JLA, and All-Star Superman for DC Comics. All of them were fine, fine series. Uh, New X-Men he did for Marvel Comics, and I think he's really doing a great job on the current Green Lantern title for DC Comics. Mm. Fine, fine stuff. We also had Fabian Nizienza. He wrote issue number 703. He was born December 31st, 1961 in Buenos Aires, Argentina. At the age of four, he moved to New Jersey with his family, and he learned to read and write from comic books. His first published comic story was Marvel's new universe title, Cyforce, number nine, way back in 1987. Ah, yes, mm. I remember it well. <laughs> with Rob Liefeld, he co-created Deadpool. And other DC Comics credits include Action Comics, Nightwing, and Red Robin. Now, we had quite a number of various artists, but here's some quick background on each of them. We had Frank Quietly do a chapter in Batman number 700. He was born in 1968 in Scotland as Vincent Dagan. I first encountered his work on the DC Doom Patrol spinoff title Flex Mentallo way back mm. in 1996. He's also known for his work on the new X-Men, All-Star Superman, and The Authority. Uh, David Finch did his chapter. He's Canadian. He started his comics career drawing the Top Cow Productions Image Comics Cyber Force. He also wrote and drew the Batman title Batman The Dark Knight a few years back when that was a part of the DC's New 52. Other credits include Forever Evil, Wonder Woman, and Batman. And Tony Daniel did the art in issue numbers 701 and 702. I first encountered his work on the Image Comics title, The 10th. Other credits include Teen Titans, Batman, Detective Comics, and Savage Hawkman. And the art in issue number 703 was provided by Cliff Richards. Okay, now one of the characters that Jerry's going to mention in Batman number 700 is Professor Carter Nichols, and some background on him I think is warranted in this case. Long-time older readers may remember the bald-headed, glasses-wearing prof who knew Batman and Robin's identities and would send them on time travel adventures in the past via hypnosis. He first appeared in Batman number 24, covered dated, let's see, September 1944, and and he was created by Joe Samixon and Dick Sprang, and he appeared on a semi-regular basis in the Golden Age. The character all but disappeared in the Silver Age, but he appeared again in the 70s in the Super Friends comic as a mentor to the Wonder Twins, Jan and Zena. He also appeared in Batman The Brave and the Bold, issue number 171, where Batman teamed up with the Indian Western character The Scalp Hunter. Hmm. More recent media... Professor Carter Nichols appears in the uh, Batman The Brave and Bold cartoon episode Last Bad on Earth. He was voiced uh, by Richard McGongle. And let's see, he also appeared, uh, (laughs) as I mentioned, the character A.C. Nichols was mentioned in an episode of The Arrow, which was titled Time of Death. And he was depicted as an employee of Cord Industries. Now, with this uh, time travel hypnosis thing, I I never was really sure how it worked, Jerry, as Nichols would usually (laughs) hypnotize both Bruce and Dick, and both of them would seemingly have the same exact shared consciousness of their Mm. surroundings and events, you know, and I just didn't know how that happened, but it it was really some really cool stories. You know, that said, I was really fascinated with the concept behind it. Uh, With some of the Batman RPGs I was in, we would even explore the time travel stories, and we, we... Employed them through a different course, though. We used magic, and we we just brought in Jason Blood anytime they had to send Bruce and or <laughs> Selina back into the, the past. And Bruce just hated magic, and Selina just reveled in Batman's <laughs> frustration over that. So that brought forth some interesting tales. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, over on Amazon.com, this book has a rating of 3.3 stars out of 5, based on 39 reviews. And over on Goodreads.com, this has a rating of... 3.69 stars out of 5 based on mm. 2,059 ratings and 118 reviews. Oh, but wait, our show isn't over mm. yet. You get to hear Jerry's <laughs> awesome upcoming recap and our own thoughts and ratings on this book. And with that, I shall hand it back over to you, Jerry. Awesome, Chris. Thanks. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends. Greetings, Gothamites. Lane here, asking... Does the world really need another Batman podcast? Well, of course it does, he's Batman. However, rather than tackle Batman in comic books, movies, or television, my podcast, Batman Books, The Dark Knight and Prose, will follow the caped crusader via the written word, 
where the only pictures are those formed in the imagination. Each season, I choose a different book to delve into, and each episode dives deep into a few chapters at a time. So join me as I explore the streets of Gotham between the covers of novels and novelizations in Batman books, The Dark Knight and Prose. Welcome back. Here is the story of Time and the Batman. So these are some separate stories, and first up, we're going to have some stories about three different Batmen. Batmans? Anyway, they are Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, and brace yourself, Damien haters, Damien Wayne. (laughs) So here we go. Aw, man. Yeah, I know, I know. It'll be okay. It's short. (laughs) (laughs) So some time ago, Joker, Catwoman, Riddler, and Hatman think Mad Hatter, close enough, have Batman and Robin tied up and are using uh, Dr. Nichols' hypnosis time machine to get Batman to tell them the combination of the impenetrable sarcophagus of the Crystal Cat of Karnak. The machine was created by Professor Nichols, who is unwillingly helping the baddies. Batman reveals the combination and they get the cat. Joker gets out his joke book to figure out what horrible things to do to Robin. The professor tries to reset his machine to stop the attack on Batman, but no need. Batman has freed himself. Batman and Robin kick butt, and the GCPD arrive, led by one Jim Gordon. Somehow, Nichols had called the GCPD in with the information. Everyone leaves the scene, but they leave Joker's joke book behind with Nichols. Batman and Robin discuss the ethics of time travel. The next story is set today. Batman and Robin visit the same lab as before of the elderly Professor Nichols. He's been shot dead in one of his time travel chairs with a smile on his face. Now, this Batman and Robin are uh, Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. Now, there's no sign of a gun and the lab is locked from the inside. Also, while Nichols should be in his 60s, the dead man is in his 80s. Batman go to Crime Alley to lay a wreath for Bruce's parents, and they are attacked by street thugs and fight them all off. Some other baddies arrive, and they say that crime in Crime Alley has been called off for the night. They get info about an auction being held by Mr. Freeze. One of the items is Joker's Joke Book. They stop the auction, stop a bunch of other crimes, and have some coffee. Dick tells Damien that Nichols wasn't murdered, it was suicide. Damien scoffs, but Dick says he will understand someday. The next story is set tomorrow. It is New Year's Eve. Gotham is being held for ransom by a baddie named January. He wants Joker's joke book. If he doesn't get it, Gotham will suffer permanent mass psychosis from the Joker toxin in the rain. Batman, this is Damien Batman, tries to find January. He beats his location out of one baddie and goes into the sewers and fights off some monsters down there. He makes his way to January, who you could also consider to be Two-Faced 2. He's literally a Two-Faced guy. He has a second face on his other face with a Joker toxin-faced baby, and Batman confronts him. He's in Nichols' old lab, and a very elderly Nichols is in a chair, shot dead. If January doesn't get the joke book, he'll kill everyone in Gotham. Batman goes to give him the joke book, and there's some fighting. January is hurt and distracted. And then a not-so-elderly Nichols is also there, and they all cause a ruckus and trap January. Nichols says that he has now got to travel back in time to call the back, the cops back in the first story. <laughs> they burn the joke book and they save the baby who is the son of Warren and Mary McGinnis and give him the anti-joker serum. Hey, Chris, there's a fourth story in the future future. Get out. Really? Absolutely. Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis is fighting the Iron Heel of Fura, who are a bunch of mercs who helpfully point out that resistance is, you guessed it, futile. No, no, in this case, it's, uh, resistance is impossible. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, they are running their hate revolution, and it's progressing. 
Batman and Robin join the fight, as do the GCPD, and they will surely win. That's all we hear about that one. But there's another story. Bruce is underwater, struggling not to drown. He services in the midst of a flaming wreck of, I think, a plane. He believes that one Dr. Hurt must have perished. Batman lost his cape and cowl and remembers Hurt's words. The next time you wear the cape and cowl will be your last. He pulls on what looks to be a spare cowl, so he's got that going for him. And coming ashore, he meets Ellie, a receptionist at Wayne Tech. She has white makeup on with round red cheeks, kind of like a clown. He goes back to the Batcave and takes the Bat-Sub out for a spin. He can't find Hurt. He assumes he's dead, but who knows? Wayne Manor has a hidden room Bruce vowed to his parents he would never enter. He does anyway, and there's graffiti about Barbados there. Hurt told Bruce he was his father somehow, and he would ruin the family's reputation in revenge. The sky is red. Someone has killed a god, Orion, one of the new gods. He was killed by a god bullet shot backwards in time. We've heard about that before. Batman confronts Black Lantern Kraken, but she disables him. Batman wakes up in a pod of some kind. He escapes, gets the god bullet, and finds Darkseid, who he realizes has killed Orion. But before he can kill him, the Omega Sanction hits. The Omega Box is a life trap that uses history to defeat you. Batman goes through the past into prehistory. He sees a caveman and makes a bat on a cave wall. He will leave a path through history that the Bat family can follow to help him make his way back home. Next story. Batman and Robin, which is Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne, chase a masked baddie through the streets, well, above the streets, of Gotham City. Their prey somehow escapes. Back in the Batcave, Damian fumes at Dick for letting him get away. Dick is reminded of the getaway genius, a baddie from a long time ago. And this might be who this villain is, even though it's been 10 years since they've been, since uh, he's been heard from. Red Robin, a.k.a. Tim Drake, arrives and shows them the Gotham Gazette story about Batman and Robin letting the thief get away, complete with photographs. The photos were taken by Vicki Vale, who is apparently trying to goad the bats into revealing their identities. Dick, in his civvies, goes to visit Vicki at the Gazette office and confronts her. Is she really that mad that Bruce broke up with her that she would risk exposing them? She suspects the Wayne crew of being the Bat crew, but she can't prove it, and she's kind of being a jerk about it. Dick leaves a tracking device on her camera satchel. It turns out that the villain who ripped off this museum wasn't the getaway genius. It was his daughter. She has a photo of her father, and that's all she has left of him. He looks like he's dead. She makes a phone call giving someone a tip about her next robbery. The Gotham Historical Society holds a Victorian dress party in the Gaslight District of Gotham. Many rich swells are in attendance, as are their jewels. Vicky Vale is there, too, taking pictures. A woman in a Victorian dress steals a diamond necklace from around the neck of a Gotham matron. Batman and Robin, who had followed the tracker on Vicky, swoop into action. Dick finds and punches the all-new getaway genius, who is hiding using a holographic pro projector. You can't fool Dick, though. He could tell she was female by the way she ran. As if on cue, she gets up, runs, and disappears using her invisibility cloak. She goes to her car, but it won't start. Red Robin has helpfully removed the distributor cap. Damien is angry that his father let the original getaway genius uh, get away back in the day. <laughs> Dick tells him that Damien didn't really know the real Bruce. The getaway genius had been stealing chemotherapy drugs. He wanted to live long enough to see his daughter grow up. And Bruce realized that no child should have to grow up without their parents. Damien realizes that he doesn't understand the complexities of his father. But Dick assures him that he will be able to get to know him better when he comes back. Not if, when. Vicki Vale, though, says she has proof as to who the bats really are. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of these stories. 
So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for these stories after these words from some of our friends. Hey folks, this is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist and semi-regular co-host of the Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat Sampson. Pat came to me recently with a fantastic idea on how we might get the podcast community involved in taking some action to do some good. He called this idea Comics for Courage. Comics for Courage is a concept that came to Pat after I told him the fantastic true story of when I was stationed in Iraq during my military service. While there, I received a huge care package of comic books from the awesome folks over at Wizard and Toy Fair magazines. We had so many comics, we didn't know what to do with them all. Seriously, it was over 100 pounds of comics. So me and a couple of buddies took the bounty of comics we had down to the give-and-take library we'd set up in our headquarters building. And you know what? Within 24 hours, all the comics were gone. The bottom line here is that throughout history, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, one thing remains a constant. Soldiers love comics. It's quick, easy, fun reading that gives a soldier a taste of home and lets them escape into an amazing world of comics, even if it's just for a few minutes. So here's the best part of Comics for Courage. Pat and I aren't asking you to donate one cent of your money to Comics for Courage. What we would love is for you to donate your excess comics. You know those ones that are just kind of laying around. Just drop them into a box or a big envelope and mail them over to supportourtroops.org. Their mailing address is Support Our Troops, 13617 North Florida Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33613. Now, they will make sure those comics get distributed to random soldier care packages, and as a person who's been on the receiving end of this, I can tell you it will mean a lot. And if you'd rather donate money than give up a single comic book, trust me, we understand about that, you can donate through their website as well. Again, that's supportourtroops.org. Just remember two things, all right? Two things. One, make sure the comics have good, clean content. No nudity or adults-only comics, please. Those are the rules for any military member receiving goods downrange. Okay, and number two, this is the fun one. Please take a picture of you with your donation stack and post it on Twitter or Facebook at Longbox Crusade. Or email it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'd love to give you an on-air shout-out and post your pic on the longboxcrusade.com website. In summary... Pat and I, over at Longbox Crusade Podcast, would greatly appreciate you taking this small action to make a difference in the life of someone who is far from home defending our freedoms. Thank you for supporting the Comics for Courage initiative. That website, again, is supportourtroops.org. Please check it out. Throw them some comics. Make some soldiers happy. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Welcome back. Okay, Chris, what'd you think? Well, Jerry, these issues came out around the time my father passed away, so I hope there may be some understanding that I have something of a mental block with my memory on these issues. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that comic book collectors can sometimes remember the time and place where they were when they got a particular issue, and for me, this was no exception. You know, so I I have some, uh, you know, some memory associated with this uh, with respect to the the, the books themselves. Okay, so let's talk about the stories. Okay, we've reached a milestone issue, Batman number 700, and Mm -hmm. I thought this was an interesting take, you know, and I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit when you look at other media when they get to a milestone, and I'm Mm going to, like, say, you know, remember sitcoms from the 70s, like you're all in the family, Mm -hmm. or your threes company, or your happy days, whenever they reached, like, a hundredth episode, Mm -hmm. it would almost essentially be a clip show, you know, they'd sort of around, kind of go through a scrapbook, or and and kind of recap some of the the more (laughs) hilarious events of a thing, and and the recanting of this. I like what the comic book take on this was, though, because instead of just sort of uh, having a few elements of of the past with uh, Carter Nichols and Mm. some of the classic villains, we also got more of a look of the... present uh, and the future, if you will. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that is some unique storytelling. And I, I got to commend Morrison for the take on that and mm-hmm. putting something out there a little unique and ambitious, if not mm, kind of murky in a little places. And kind mm-hmm. of sometimes some of the chapters feeling a little uh, unfulfilling here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. Uh my notes continue. The first chapter uh, starts off where we, we see that the heroes and Catwoman have already been captured. We don't know how that happened. Um, 
Stella likes to uh, complain about things and events happening in quote-unquote off-panel land, and here I'm in agreement with her. Mm. I would kind of like to have seen some little more setup with respect to that. I thought the art was outstanding by all the art contributors involved with respect to the chapters, especially Frank Widely, uh, mm. seeing him with respect to a Batman chapter. It was really, really cool with that. Uh, Jerry, we're going to pick apart a little bit this as we go along. I do want to mention, though, before I forget, yeah, the getaway genius character was just a nice callback to another classic Batman villain. Uh, the character was called Roy Reynolds, was his alternate identity. He was first introduced in Batman number 171, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And he was more of a cerebral villain with respect to uh, villains that came out that were new villains for Batman. There was another one called Johnny Wits. I mean, these were basically ordinary guys with no uh, specific, you know, shtick like mm-hmm. you know a costume villain per se. But their things were these were just guys who uh, getaway genius Roy Reynolds was would always plan some kind of elaborate escape. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Witz, he was always like one step ahead of Batman, with mm-hmm. thinking things through where, you know, he couldn't he would anticipate Batman's thoughts with any particular caper, so he'd always, you know, get get away from him. The the, the appearance, though, was just uh, sort of semi-typical. Uh, Roy Reynolds, uh, getaway genius, he, he had like a uh, he initially wore green goggles, which evolved to like uh, green sunglasses, and he always was in a purple suit. Mm. And then he uh, got mutton chops as he went along. Uh, <laughs> I think in the second appearance, he well, one of the more main stories he'd done, Batman number 254, was drawn 100-page spectacular. The main story was uh, Batman and Man Bad, but in the background, they were trying to catch the getaway genius. And uh, always uh, some fond memories with that particular character. Mm-hmm. Not not one of Batman's more memorable villains, to say the least, but one of the more cerebral ones. And I really like that we got a reincarnation of the character as the daughter with that. So I mm-hmm. thought that was a nice touch. Overall, these stories gave me pause with some nice mental re- mental recollections. I don't know if they all had a lot of meat on the bone, if you will, mm-hmm. per se. Uh, but this was sort of a nice palate cleanser and a good bridge forward to the next evolution of the character. So those were my initial impressions. Jerry, what say you? Well, I really like there was a couple of um, panels of Joker, um, and he looks really cool, I think, uh, really crazy in in these panels. I really liked how he looks. Um, In terms of some of the other baddies, like uh, January, so think, you know, if you're not familiar with with this character, think Janice. It's like Two-Face, but he's got like an actual second little face on his head. And if you remember Total Recall, remember Quato was in this guy's chest. And this is kind of a similar thing, but he's on his head. So it's kind of a a curious little take on Two-Face. Um, and then Hatman, who is really Mad Hatter, and there's some back and forth about, you know, um, the persona of Mad Hatter. They call this one Hatman, but it's pretty much the same thing in this case. Um, there's a couple of things that I really like. Um, I, I really like uh, Dick as Batman here. I think he's more personable than Bruce. So when he arrives on the scene, you know, he's asking the cops about their families and they really appreciate it. Like he's, oh, you know, the cops aren't freaked out by him. They really like um, Dick. Uh, they really like this Batman. And um, also um, Damien. I think they use his um, bad attitude to a really good effect. You know, he said something like uh, they, he suggested they kill Vicky Vale. And he goes, I was kidding. I was. And Alfred's like, we know, Master Damien. We know. <laughs> like, um, you know, we really see Damien progressing as a character here. And he's going from this really one note, just insufferable little jerk. Um, but he's now, you know, becoming a little more vulnerable, even though he still covers it up in, you know, arrogance. Uh, I, I, this is where I think Damien really starts, is starting. And we've, we talked about this last show. Uh, Damien's really starting to become a, a more interesting character than he had been up to this point. Um, and I know, I know, Chris, you're not a, you're not the biggest Damien fan in the world. Um, but you know, no. did you, did you see him starting to change a little bit here? I did, and applaud Morrison with the way the character was handled and, and putting it more in a uh, presentable yeah. way, uh, certainly within the scope of, of the voice and depiction. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I got just enough of the character for my fill. So I, I really liked yeah. that. Okay, great. Um, you know, I think the first story, um, in the 700 issue, I think, yeah, I think that, that, the connection through time story is interesting. Um, but you use the word murky and I think, you know, kind of connecting, you know, Bruce and then Dick and then Damien and then Terry, it just seemed a little clunky and I'm not sure to what end, you know, if there was a real plot, like a real strong plot, um, thing kind of tying those stories together. The Joker's joke book is, is kind of a, a, the MacGuffin and, you know, Nichols going through time doing things. It's, it's interesting, but there's a lot of legwork for what there is. Just, uh, not a lot of meat on the bones, more, you know, this, these kind of Morrison kind of concept things that, um, he likes to do. Um, they're not really, plot centric, but they do fill in a lot of gaps, um, as to what has happened to Bruce. And, um, we're setting this Batman, you know, Bruce went back in time and met the caveman and draw the, drew the bat on the wall, which we'd seen glimpses of before, but now we're starting to learn a little bit more about what really has happened. Um, the whole dark side, um, conflict. And, uh, it's kind of a prelude to Bruce coming back. Absolutely. One other thing, too, Jerry, I want to get back a little bit with respect to the artwork. I did Mm -hmm. neglect to mention that Andy Kubert did one of the chapters with respect to the Tomorrow chapter. And it's nice to see how he evolved as an artist. I I recently looked at a piece he did in the uh, Walmart book that he's doing with Tom King's Mm -hmm. Superman. And just to see how refined of an artist he is. And he even drew a panel where he included his father in the courtroom gallery. And I thought it was just Mm -hmm. a nice touch. And you can almost see his progression with respect to style. how it evolved to just this clean artwork and here are some of the layouts were really 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 nice when he's uh payments mm-hmm. attacking like these uh joker like uh monster cop monsters and it's it's in a subway yeah. and it's just how menacing these facial expressions are uh the villain depiction of two-faced two having <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, this macabre thing of uh three eyes and two mouths and two <laughs> noses just, just just this really grotesque villain and how he was depicted i thought was really really outstanding with respect to some imaginative and clever artwork and pale panel layout too but just yeah. to see him evolve from from just nine years to from with little tweaks in style is just fascinating mm-hmm. to me with respect to uh how art's developed. It's nice to look at uh, an artist you enjoy and seeing some of his earlier work and, and doing a yeah. compare contrast. And that's one of the things I enjoyed about looking at this issue. Great. So where would you bring this in in terms of if you, if you were going to rate it and would you recommend it or think it's a must read? Wow. That's a, f- that's a tough question with respect to, yeah. you know, typically I have an easy answer for this, Jerry, but uh, you know, my rating on this is, I saw some ambitiousness of the script. I think I saw where they were mm-hmm. trying to go with looking ahead at different incarnations of Batman for the future. And, you know, with respect yeah. to potential futures and everything like that, I think uh, everyone who has sort of inherited Batman as a writer later on has sort of kind of given us glimpses into the future. I'm thinking of uh, Tim in the uh, recent run of Detective with the the Rebirth stuff and things like that. And what kind of a bleakness of a futuristic Gotham City do we have? Who adopts mm-hmm. the mantle of the bat as we have it going forward? Some clever tales, you know, and uh, as DC used to say back in the day, you know, uh, imagination, which which may or may not happen mm. down, the, down the road. So yep. I, I like those glimpses into that. We we didn't necessarily get a clip show. We we got an inclusion of some villains that I like, some of the mm-hmm. classic looks, some futuristic of a new look. Very very nice. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just kind of felt wanting a little more than this. Maybe my expectations mm-hmm. were too high for a 700th issue and, and the subsequent mm-hmm. ones that happened there. I did like that we got a different take on a classic villain with a getaway genius. I would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. more of that character, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I wanted to see something that kind of set her apart. You know, she, she just basically had this cloaking device, whereas you always saw her dad running around in that purple suit. There was nothing really kind of like identifiable about her, you know, other than, you mm-hmm. know, she... 
she's just like this ghost, if you will. And I, I want to see more of those classic villains uh, brought back and on an ongoing basis. Well, at the end of my long rambling answer, I guess I'm going to have to say I'm going to give this mm, probably a three out of five okay. bats for me. I thought this this was certainly above average material. It was which what I would say uh, you know two point five area would be, but I, I am mm-hmm. going to have to kind of uh, grade it a little bit on a curve. You know, with a seven hundred milestone issue, I think mm. I would expect a little more brought to the table with this. By any means, this this was not. Uh, disappointing uh we had good stories uh mm-hmm. we had very very good artwork i enjoyed the blend of finch and quietly and cooper all there with their respective takes from the periods mm-hmm. and this this was certainly above average work uh I, do, I just don't know if i can go as high as three and a half though but i'll stay at mm-hmm. a three uh would i say this is a must read or recommend i would say i'd recommend it with respect to if you're familiar with the artist and getting a mm-hmm. glimpse at respect to Batman and you get to see the different versions of the character, potential futures ahead, I think I would recommend it with that. Would I say it's a must read? Probably not. And I you know, I hate to, you know, compare it to like other past milestone issues of Batman where where uh some certainly haven't been memorable in my lifetime, you know, mm. with respect to uh three hundred we had another futuristic Batman story. I think four hundred though was probably my favorite uh, out of all the stories that happened within my lifetime with milestone mm. issues that, that happened in uh, summer of eighty six was that issue came out and they had Batman versus all the villains and what more could you want it had a gorgeous Ooh, Bilson Kevich yeah. cover you had uh, Rayshad Ghoul unleashing all these uh, Batman villains on Batman and different uh, smorgasbords of many many different artworks in the day I should say that issue 700 contained uh, some pinups from some artists and stuff and they were all mm. okay very very nice yeah, yeah. you know pieces what have you and stuff like that but I, I think as far as milestone issues go it, it, some of them have been executed better than others and and for mm. me in my lifetime i think 400 has been the most memorable one and mm. yeah so that's that maybe i'm being a little harsh on that but uh, I, I i can't bring myself to say this is a must read so, Jerry, I got a little long-winded there. Sorry about that, listeners. Uh, Jerry, how about you? What what would you rate this? Would you say this is a must-read, and would you say it's a recommend? Yeah, so this, for me, is a kind of a mixed bag. So there's uh, the the 700 issue that's kind of one story that was had some interesting elements. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm approaching this, trying to approach this from a real kind of a beginner standpoint. You know, the, the shout – the shout outs to uh, Professor Nichols and to Two Face Two and to Hatman, you know, some of these things are not going to be as clear um, to kind of a, a newbie as uh, otherwise. And so I think, and, and that story, while interesting with the, you know, going through time, um, was not, I mean, the, the whole joke book thing also interesting, but it just didn't, it just didn't grab me. And then I wasn't really sure. Um, about why the um, um, Batman Beyond was in there other than, um, you know, looks like Terry was the baby, um, that Joker, um, that had the Joker toxin. So it, it just seemed, um, it was interesting, but a little con- high concepty and not very, um, not, and the plot seemed muddled to me. Um, a little unclear. And then we, we do see, you know, if for folks that have been reading along, um, with Batman or listening to the show and hearing us talk about these different, uh, stories, there's a lot of, t- you know, tying up of an end of this story and that story and how this continues. And it is a prelude for, um, you know, Bruce coming back. But if you're just, you know, in a bookstore and you see this and you're like, oh, should I pick this up? This is going to be tough, tough sledding for you, I think. Um, there's a lot of shout outs, you know, in terms of, you know, well, with the, all the Batmans changing and with, um, you know, all of the, the stories about, you know, dark side. Okay. Well, that's going to make sense if you've read, you know, back, you know, towards RIP, you know, and uh, so this is more, if if you've been reading this up to now, you kind of have to – this fills in the gaps. So I would say in that case, it's a must read. Um, for an actual beginner, I would say this would be a frightening read. <laughs> um, and I would put this at around mm, a little lower than you. I would say maybe two and a half stars. It's probably a little better than that, but – 
you know, just to average it out, I would say two and a half stars is about where I would bring it in. Great. Jerry and I totally respect and agree with your analysis in, in, in yeah. certain aspects of it. Yeah, I, I think there's just so much thrown at a potential new reader mm-hmm. in this where they could get lost. And uh, a great analysis and assessment, my friend. I really appreciate your yeah, take you on too. that. Yep. Me too. So now, Chris, you have been, other than this show, and you have been doing some work uh, for Batgirl to Oracle, another great um, TBU podcast. And you've been doing Batman Adventures and some shipper stuff. Would you like to tell us a little bit about well, that? Well, thank you very much, Jerry. Batgirl to Oracle is another fine podcast hosted by the talented Stella who yes. just is so gracious to allow me a platform called Chris's Cornucopia of Curiosities, where I review mm. the Batman Adventures comic book title from the mid-90s, which is based on Batman the Animated Series, which also mm. came around at the same time. And those are some classic overlooked adventures, in my opinion, where I do read and rate them. I also have a segment oh, within a segment called Nightwatch, where I take a look at the current Nightwing title from a shipper's perspective and give a quick take on that. Mm. And I have a lot of fun with it. So I've really been fortunate to uh, be on another show on the Batman Universe Network where I get to do uh, some Batman coverage. It's been a lot of fun, and thanks for the plug. And, yes, you can find me at Twitter at B2MBatBooks. But, Jerry, Mm -hmm. talk about some fun. Uh, Tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and what also what other projects you have with respect to Monster Kid Radio, where you're covering oh, some yeah. EC horror comics from back in the day? Yeah. So you can find me out on Twitter at Professor Frenzy. And, you know, you can see me doing tweeting my weekly comics. We talk a lot about indie comics, um, talk about Dark Shadows and horror movies. Uh, Chris and I both live tweet horror movies at the hashtag Spenguli out on Twitter on Saturday night at 8 Eastern, uh, which is a whole heck of a lot of fun where we talk about monster movies that, are, that Spenguli is showing. And uh, thanks for mentioning the the Monster Kid Radio uh, show. I cover an EC horror comic story uh, every week, and I'm having just so much fun. I love those EC horror comics, and yeah, uh, doing and, this show has been fantastic. Uh, yeah, and Jerry, I, it's been a, a huge treat to listen to those episodes oh, because uh, I, I I can sort of remember some stories in particular, and and mm. uh, you know I, I just forget all the different artists, but I think now you're, you've uh, recently covered uh, some with. Uh, Graham Ingalls and I thought ah yeah yes. now now this is ringing a bell you know because yeah. just with respect to the panel layout and, and everything like that as you're telling the strike my recollection's getting a little bit better with that because I, I do have <laughs> uh, some of those EC reprints and uh, oh, what what yeah. a fantastic uh, uh, service you're doing to the fan community oh, with respect to that because uh, folks you know if you want to talk about uh, some of the gold standard with respect to comic yeah. book and respect to horror. Uh, Go out and uh, check your li- local library to see if they have some of those uh, old EC books, particularly the horror oh, yeah. uh, comics, so, because you'll find some fantastic artwork and some fantastic storytelling that inspired a lot of comic creators. And it's just just fantastic stuff. Yeah, I love it. Now, also, folks, shouldn't forget to check Chris and I out on the Professor Frenzy show. By this, by the time this episode is aired, we've done like 64 or 65 episodes of the Professor Frenzy show, where Chris and I talk about indie comics and other pop culture topics. We've been having a lot of fun. So check the show out. Search on iTunes for the Professor Frenzy show and uh, go and uh, see if uh, that's a show that might be up your alley. Jerry, we were fortunate to get some comments on our last episode, and I really can't thank people for writing in. And we heard from our good friend, Ian Miller, who's on Twitter at IBM Miller. And you can also find Ian on the TBU Comic Podcast, where along with Steph and Dustin, they provide fantastic news and updates of the current Goings on with respect to Batman and Detective Comics and Batman in general, with respect to the latest mm-hmm. in news and all the other sorts of media with respect to Batman. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. Ian states the following starting this episode, when this is the one where we covered um, uh, Red Robin, uh, he said these issues right. are available on the DC Universe. Well, thanks so much, Ian. We appreciate you right. saying that. Ian continues trade availability is a huge problem. He got a trade. Mm on eBay for 30 bucks, but I had to get it along with another trade to get that deal. I wish they would reprint this series like they did with Steph's Batgirl run. Marcus yeah. Tozard alone is worth it. And then yeah. he calls me out because <laughs> I, I made the mistake of calling this era quote-unquote forgettable. And uh, Ian, Ian says, wait, this era 
clarifying. 2010, right between Batman Reborn and Batman Inc. was forgettable, question mark. Yeah, that was an unfortunate choice of words on my party. And uh, I, I think what I was coming at this was little part of uh, personal events camping uh, with my respect to real life events happening. Mm-hmm. And just sort of knowing that Bruce Wayne is Batman, he's not Batman. Can we sort of get on with it and, and get back to the era of stories uh, with Batman in them? Mm-hmm. Not to say they were mm, forgettable, but for me, I'm just kind of like I was holding this mental pause button, wanting yeah. the, the, these arcs to wrap up so we could get our Bruce's Batman stories back on track. And I think that's what I was yeah. saying. By no means was it a, a, a slight to any of the creative talent involved. Yeah. Uh, at the time doing these books, I have respect for the writers, the artists, what have you. I just was kind of wanting, I know Bruce is going to be Batman. I know he's going to come back as Batman. Let's get that ball rolling. And that that's where I was mm-hmm. with this. And I, certainly by any stretch, if, if this is were a more memorable period of, of fandom for a particular person, I did not want to slight that either. I could certainly respect if these were stories you fondly remembered. This was a time of your life where you're getting into comics or getting back into comics. And you have fond memories of this time in this era more power to you. I, I, I yeah. certainly applaud you for that. Uh, for me, uh, like I said, I had some real life stuff going on at the time, and uh, I, I just was kind of wanting some Bruce Banner stories. So, yeah. poor choice of words on my part, and thank you for allowing me to clarify. We also yeah. heard from Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG, and he states, and the musical genius of Jerry Strikes Again. Thumbs up emoji. Woo-hoo. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who wants more Red Robin. I would love a series dedicated to him. This was a great episode, guys, and I couldn't guess what song Jerry has picked, but I am putting my vote on We Are the World. Smiley face emoji. Oh, Peace dear. sign. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Green Lantern HG, and thank you yeah. for you for writing in. Yeah, anytime yeah. we anytime we get feedback, it, it just makes our day, and we really appreciate that. So Definitely. yeah, we we haven't really uh, put the song on back burner, but then again, I don't know if we've thought too much about it. I think we're thinking of songs as we go along. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad yeah. you still. Uh, putting that uh, idea for a group song in, 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 in the back of our mind as we as we go forward and hopefully hopefully maybe we'll see something will progress yeah. with that and uh, we'll just have to tell the listeners to stay tuned you betcha we also had likes and retweets from the following fine folks on Twitter we heard from the Batman Universe at Batman Universe oh great. what a great uh, forum so thank you so much guys yeah. we also heard from Rad Adventures at Rad underscore Adventures Rad is a network of great. podcasts from our friends Ruth and Darren focused on adventure stories, including Trekker Talk, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. We heard from Matches Balone at Matches Balone. Awesome. We heard from Reggie Reggie at Reggie Reggie. Yay, yeah. Reggie. Thank you so much, Reggie. We really appreciate it and uh, continued uh, success with uh, getting well. We really are glad to see you back yes. on social media. Yes. We heard from our friend Sean at Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast at Sean42AZ. Sean, keep up the fine work. Not along with with all the uh, work you do on your own shows, but just uh, hearing you guest is always a treasure. So yeah, can't can't wait to hear more of you as the summer progresses. We heard from our yep. friend Bill Beer at Gotham Night Thirteen, Terrific. host and creator of the Bat Pod podcast, and their Twitter handle is at pod underscore bat. Hey, we heard mm. from our good friend Lane. Batman Books at The Dark Knight in Prose on Twitter at Batman Books underscore DKP. Great, great stuff. Looking for the next uh, episode of that one to drop. Uh, She's got an interview planned, and I'm kind of rubbing my palms just to to hear uh, this this dissection. (laughs) I I don't want, I'm just kind of, I don't want to spoil who she's got, but if you listen, if you're a frequent uh, listener to uh, Lane's show, again, Batman Books, The Dark Knight and Prose, gets the highest endorsement from our show, The Batman Batman Books for Beginners. You will not be disappointed. It is a fine, fun show. And uh, Lane, congratulations for snagging your interview guest and I cannot wait to hear that episode drop. It, it, no secret, if you're a listen, regular listener show, you probably know who she's got, but uh, <laughs> just dying to hear this one, so it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Hey, we heard from Rob Myers at Drummer That's Rob so 10. Nice. Yeah, host of Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Oh, my gosh. And great yeah, stuff great uh, as, as we, we we're coming to uh, everyone's recollections, and he's having his uh, guests come on uh, with, with their uh, Tim Drake memories. Mm. Marvelous, marvelous job, uh, Rob. I'm just enjoying your show immensely. Keep it up. Yeah. 
Oh, we heard from Cassie Burrell at Nerdy Bird. Thank you so much. Mm. We heard from Darren at Hell Blazers Comics. Let's see. We also heard from Trekker Talk at Trekker Talk. That's the fan podcast devoted to the adventures of sci-fi bounty hunter Mercy Sinclair from the Trekker Comics by Ron Randall, part of the Rad Adventures Network. Okay. Thanks again, Darren and Ruth. Again, shout out to Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. We heard from Christopher Hamby at Chris Hamby Films. Longtime awesome. friend of ours. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. We heard from the Brightside Chat Podcast oh. at Brightside underscore chat. Don, uh, John and GDH, thank you so much. Uh, great, great shows yeah. you've been putting together on a much consistent basis. I, uh, your your output uh, this summer has been been immense, and I've really enjoyed yeah. uh, hearing your takes on everything. Again, shout out to Reggie Reggie at Reggie Reggie. We also had Justice's First Dawn at Classic JLA. I love me some classical pre-crisis JLA. We heard from Chris Booz at Booz underscore Chris. My oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, just a... Uh, plethora of fantastic comic-related treats that that, that oh, the yeah. man puts out on a frequent basis. Thank you very, very much. We heard from our good friend Dave Lava Hog at Lava Hog, nice. who always makes Jerry and me smile with his fantastic <laughs> wit and everything else. Uh, creator of the Selling Out Show podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at Selling Out Show, podcast that Jerry and I highly mm-hmm. recommend. We really, really enjoy yeah. Dave and Nate's yep. slice of life, and uh, just uh, just fun, fun stuff. I also heard Chris Sheehan guest on a recent yeah, episode, which was, was very, a good, very great pleasant. Show. Yes, I totally enjoyed it. And uh, hearing, no, 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 you guys don't call yourself comic book coverages. Uh, save save that for the older guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. right. But, uh, it was a it was a fun uh, episode to listen to that last one. We really really enjoyed it. Speaking of things we enjoy, uh, Fred reads comics at Comics Fred. Awesome. Yes, uh, with the Indie Alley, we really uh, enjoy hearing your Fred and. It's it's nice to hear uh, your take on the current current uh, indie books. And we also heard yeah. from Michael Newbaum at Newbaum Michael. Wow, what a fantastic list. Thank you so much. Now, if I overlooked you, my sincerest and deepest apologies. Please let me know on Twitter at B2 on Bad Books or let Jerry know at Professor Frenzy. And we'll be sure to rectify that on our next episode. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's all we have for today. Please join us next time where Chris and I will cover Batman Arkham Reborn. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. I've done some reading. I've read a lot of Batman in trade Bad trades Bad trades I know I'm gonna love Because the podcast that I trust reviews It's bad books for beginners That I listen to The podcast talks of Batman They break down every book, it's insane Bad trades Bad trades just might be good or bad I read the best I ever have for true Thanks, Bat Books for Beginners You should listen to...